Well, good morning again. How y'all doing today? Still not that wicked, are you? All right. I remember, like I told you last time, I said, uh, you know, I made the privates, made the privates stand up. The, 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 and what I used to say is, on your feet, you want to try it? No. no. <laughs> just once, for me, bring back the memories back. No, I'm just kidding. On your feet. Yeah, see, there's one that knows. Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, well, at least y'all are awake now. I kind of woke y'all up a little bit, just a little bit. All right, no jokes today. Someone told me my, our jokes were bad. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. You would have laughed at the last one I had. It was great, I thought. That was the best one I had. All right, amen. So, today we're going to talk about sacrifice. You know, we usually talk think about sacrifice, usually military men and women that sacrifice, give the ultimate sacrifice. They sacrifice their time. They sacrifice from being away from their families. They sacrifice all of those things for you and I. Lots of sacrifice that, that uh, you can, and some of them give the ultimate sacrifice, their death. But they're not the only ones that sacrifice in that area. It's also the, uh, the moms, dads, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, sons, and daughters. They sacrifice as well. It's a sacrifice for everybody. So it's not just that individual. The ultimate sacrifice is on a human level human level. We are all humans. We've got that human uh, internal instinct to want to feel sorry for someone or not feel sorry for someone. It's that human internal inside of us, that human level of sacrifice. We all do it, do it differently. We all definitely do it differently. But that sacrifice goes past individual and goes past to an extension. Not only family, but what about workers, uh, fellow employees? What about other soldiers in your, in your unit? Those are all just, everybody sacrifices a little bit one way or another for just that one. So if you go to Proverbs 21.3 real quick. Proverbs 21.3. I, I had this one underlined, I don't know, about six months ago. And I just wasn't sure what this verse meant. And it just kept speaking to me, kept bringing it back up. And then. I was reading my Bible the other day, and he popped up again. It was about two weeks ago. I'm like, you know what? I don't know what that really means. So in my mind, I'm thinking, let's, let's figure this thing out. So in Proverbs 21.3, it says, To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And I looked at myself like, what? You know? To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Well, the ultimate sacrifice seems like that would be the most important thing to do, right? It's not what God says in the Bible. It says, acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice, justice and judgment. So what's that mean? Let us pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just love you. We thank you. Just thank you for another day, Lord. Lord, just be with us today. Pray that uh, what you've given to me uh, about this verse, Lord, it will give you, give them, Lord, please. Pray, Lord, that uh, they listen attentively. Most of all, Lord, if someone's not here saved today, Lord, they'll get saved. Pray that you just be with us. Thank you for the visitors we have today, Lord. We just love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I'm trying to make clear is sacrifice is real. It's a real thing. It's, it's an intangible thing. You can't see it. You can't feel it. It's just, you know what's there, right? Sacrifice is hard, hard for parents. 
You know, each one of y'all sacrifice to have your kids in school. Make sure they get the good education. Make sure they have clothes. Make sure they have food. Make sure they have shelter. You sacrifice on a daily basis. We all did that. And if you didn't, or unless you didn't, and if you did, be thankful that you got to be able to do that. It wasn't perfect, was it? And it's never perfect, but the sacrifice is real. You know, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's whatever, leisures, whatever it is, it's all a sacrifice. You know, even as myself, as being a, a, an older adult, middle-aged, I'm going to say, I'm 53, middle-aged, I'm going to say my parents are getting to the age where we're going to have to sacrifice for them. They sacrifice for us. It's going to be time for us to sacrifice for them. So someone's always sacrificing something. Sometime, money, whatever the case is. Just ask Hudson Taylor if uh, his sacrifice, he poured out his life uh, uh, to tell uh, China about Christ. Ask him if his time in prayer was a sacrifice for the people of China. Ask him if adopting the Chinese lifestyle was not a sacrifice. Ask him if the work to translate the New Testament into the dialect into, uh, used in Shanghai uh, was a sacrifice. Ask him if the 51 years serving his life uh, for the Chinese people was not a sacrifice. And it always goes back to ask his parents if they, they sending his son uh, and, and family to China was not a sacrifice. Yeah, it was a sacrifice. And if you're in God's will, it's still a sacrifice. Think about that. No matter what you do, if it's God's will, it's a sacrifice. The more you do, you're in God's will, the more you sacrifice. It's just the way it is. God's going to ask you to go a little further, and a little further, and a little further. You may start here, sacrifice may be just your tithe. You may just start here. God tell you, all right, give to that missionary a little bit of money. Here, boom. And they may tell you, do a little bit more here, boom. And a little bit more here. And then you get under the preaching of the Word of God, and all of a sudden you're going to hear what? Faith, missions, promise. And then big bucks are coming. You may have given $10 to this missionary, $50 to this missionary. Now the Lord tells you, I want you to give you, I want you to give $100 a month. That's sacrifice. But it's faith. If it's God's will, it's not a big sacrifice. Physically it is, but it's not a big sacrifice when you're in God's will. So that's one of the things I want to say about the sacrifice. But what about, I don't know, I'm going to try to add on Niram Judson. Did I say it right? Praise the Lord. The first American missionary to Burma, his wife Anne sacrificed the comforts of home to do God's will. He left America to do God's will. For roughly the next 40 years, his life was living among the Burmese people, witnessing and telling them about Christ. That's sacrifice. Spending your time and your money, somebody else's money, because people have to give for them to go. Adonai also uh, sacrificed while being in prison and being tortured. That was a sacrifice. That was a physical sacrifice, but more so a, a mental sacrifice when you know you're in prison and your family's out there. That's an internal sacrifice. You sacrifice. Much like Hudson Taylor, you sacrifice to give the Burmese people the Bible in their own language. That's a sacrifice. That's a big show. You're taking time. This is not a nine-to-five job. You're not just writing it down and putting it and transcribing it and putting it in another, in another language. It's not that simple. It's not a nine-to-five job. You've got to start probably five in the morning. You're going, you're writing, all of a sudden, you've got to get something to eat because you get hungry. We're human. And we come way over here, and all of a sudden, boom, it's 12 o'clock at night. You don't even realize it. That's time. 
So between those whatever hours, 16 hours it is, you have what? You have to eat, you have kids, you have a wife, you have a church. All those things are spread out. You have to sacrifice your time. That's a lot of time to put into it, into, into God's, into God's uh, uh, work. A lot of time. Well, what about us? How, do, how much do we sacrifice? Think about this. All right, I had to write this down because I would not remember it. We spend three hours on Sunday morning, two hours on about Sunday night, two hours on Wednesday night, and if you go soul winning, and I hope you do, about 2.5 hours telling others, inviting, and visiting people. That's about nine and a half hours a week. That's not a lot of time. That's not even a daily, daily job. I mean, maybe eight hours one day and an hour and a half the next day. That's all that is. Are we really sacrificing? Think about it. Are we really sacrificing? I know the time, as I said, you got to, you got to eat, you got to take care of your church, you got to take care of your family, you got to do all these other things. All that is still that big sacrifice for Christ. What I'm trying to say, it takes sacrifice to serve the Lord. It takes time. It takes money. It takes away from your family. But most of all, I think it takes the faith. It just takes faith. Sacrifice is, is not for the weak. It's not for the, the I can't attitude. Sacrifice is for the people that I can. It has to be because you will not sacrifice if you don't. My point is we do sacrifice as much as others, or do we sacrifice as much as others, but our sacrifice is important, and it is real. So I read uh, Proverbs 21.3, to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. So I got the definition of justice. The quality of being just, impartial, or fair questioned, the justice for their decision, the principles or idea of just dealing, the, dealing or right action, Conformity to the principle or idea or being righteous, the justice or the, or the cause, the quality of conforming to the law, or number three, conform, conformity to truth, fact, and reason, or just being correctness. So justice is just being right, doing the right action. Yeah. You're doing the right thing, and you sacrifice. That's, that's reality. You go to soul, win souls, tell others about Christ. When you knock on that door and you're tell, telling someone you're doing the right thing, you're sacrificing your time and your efforts for the Lord at that time. That's real. That is real. If you're not doing that, I hope you go so winning with us. I want to push you to go so winning with us. Okay? Just, or, or even a judgment. Uh, it reads in Scripture, the spirit of wisdom and prudence enabling a person to discern right and wrong and good and evil. Your judgment of what right and wrong is important to sacrifice your judgment on good and evil, what you decide is, is good and evil, is on you. It's sacrifice. Because if you make that wrong decision, you're not, you sacrifice the wrong thing. You need to learn how to sacrifice. I need to learn how to sacrifice. The, woman, the widow woman in Zarephath uh, in 1 Kings 17.1, if you want to go there real quick. 1 Kings 17.1. And it says in uh, 17.1, it says, Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. So he's already telling us there's not going to be dew nor rain these years. 
Okay, so he's just talking to Elijah, the same Elijah that said in 1822 that then said Elijah and the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. In Kings 1840, and Elijah said unto them, Take the prophet of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook, Kishon, and slew them there. That's that same Elijah, the prophet, that took care of those 400, one man over those 400 uh, prophets of Baal. God is good, isn't he? And the Lord, in verse 2, it said, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the, by the brook Sherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Sherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. It would be nice to be just fed, have a raven, eagle, something, just bring all the food all the time. But he was, he was doing God's will, wasn't he? And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up. There the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Well, the Lord already told him the brook is going to dry up. There's going to be no rain. There's going to be no dew. So just, just put that in, in perspective. And verse 8, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So God had already worked in the widow woman's heart. He had already commanded, because this is past tense. I said, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. She was already doing what she was supposed to be doing. She was already sacrificing, doing her part. Your part and my part are totally different of sacrifice. You may be, your sacrifice may be prayer, more prayer. My sacrifice may be totally different, but going. Whatever the case is, our sacrifices are different, but that doesn't minimize what the sacrifice is. It's not the amount of sacrifice, it's the obedience of sacrifice. And I think that's where it starts. If you have the obedience, the sacrifice comes. That's the example of the widow woman right there. This lesson of obedience to God, not to man. It says, yes, Elijah is making the request, but God is commanding it. The same when pastor is preaching to us, the message is coming from God. And if we listen to the Holy Spirit, we are being obedient. She, will be, she was willing to be obedient even unto death. Think about this. She was willing, willing to be obedient. She was getting the sticks to do exactly what she needed to do. Well, it's already there. And that is sacrifice. So he arose and went to Zarephath, in verse 10, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering some sticks. She was already at the place where she was supposed to be. Already. And he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she was going to fetch it. He called her to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. She was doing exactly what she was supposed to She was sacrificing her time and her efforts and what she had. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. And I've read some commentary, because I originally thought, well, she's sitting there complaining. I mean, it's got to be hard not to complain, right? So I was reading commentary, and I don't believe she was complaining. 
I was just thinking she was being honest in where she was at. The situation she was at, like, this is what I have. I have a little oil. I have a little meal. I have two sticks to put this fire to make bread so my, my son and I can die. I don't think she was complaining. I had to reread that, and the Lord had to speak to me on that one. And uh, so I don't think she was really complaining. She was just telling the real situation that she was in. In verse 13 it says, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Whew. Fear not. I kind of talked about that last week. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. I believe she had some fear of what God had planned for her that day. She had to have some. I mean, I would have. It's just, it just human nature. But fear not, God is in control. Fear not, God is right beside us. Fear not, God will provide the meal oil when you need it. Fear not, because God is there. Bible says, but God. And all your fears should start with, but God. When you need that $500 for rent, it should say, but God. When your sons or daughters go astray, you should be, but God. No, when the missionaries on the field are being persecuted, but God. No matter what the fear is, we should say, but God. But God and but God. Everything should be, but God. It should be, I fear, I fear. This should not be. She had fear, yes. But she also, she had no idea what she was doing, what was going to happen. She thought she knew what was going to happen. In verse 14 it says, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil, until the day of the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Her sacrifice of meal and oil was above and beyond what most of us do, do for Christ. She, had every, she gave everything she had. That was all she had. I question myself and my diligence and sacrifice for the Lord. Sure, I do what we're supposed to do, but how much more can we do? I mean, there are a lot more we can do. We can tell others about Christ more and more and more until they get tired of us telling them about it. You can go to every, well, I was about to say Teton Totem, which is in Amarillo, every Anki and give a, a tract every time you go get a, a drink. Every time. And that's a little sacrifice. They look at you a little funny sometimes, like, uh, you just gave it to me. I know. That's okay. Here it is. It's for you. Because they may give it to somebody else. That's sacrifice. It's any little thing. I'm telling you, I work at the VA, and I, t I talk to veterans, and they tell me, sacrifice. Talk about sacrifice and sacrifice. We did this. They don't say I sacrificed. They tell me the story of the sacrifice. That's, those are the ultimate ones. But to me, those are the physical sacrifices. Yep. Not the internal sacrifice where you give up more of time, give more of your life. That is real sacrifice. Good. Verse 15, it says, And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. So her obedience to God gave her exactly what she needed. Read on, And the barrel of meal wasted not, Neither did the crudes of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Yeah. So until it started raining again, they had plenty of food to eat uh, on a daily basis. They enjoyed it. Her obedience and her sacrifice for God's man helped her out. Yes, is sacrifice good? Yeah, it is good. But we read in, in Proverbs 21.3, to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. What the Lord wants us to do is be just 
or just take the right action and judgment before sacrifice. Yes, going to serve the Lord is a sacrifice, but we must do justice and judgment is more acceptable than the Lord. So, Brother Gonzalez, are you saying that Brother Hudson there in China is not a sacrifice? Well, it's not what I'm saying. I believe God, and he would disagree the same thing. He just he sacrificed first his obedience to Christ, then he sacrificed his physical body to Christ, and then he sacrificed all of his time to Christ. Is that, is that, uh, is that acceptable? Yeah, it's acceptable. What about Adoniram Judson, sacrifice to the Burmese people? Is that not a good sacrifice? Yeah, that's a good sacrifice. I think God would disagree that, it's, that, it, that it isn't. Let's bring it closer to home. That parents sacrificing their kids to grow up in church, have meals to eat, clothes to wear. Is that not a good sacrifice? Everybody's sacrifice is just a little bit different. How about our grandparents on their knees praying for their grandkids is not a sacrifice. Or giving them to go to Brazil. I know a lady that did that. That's a sacrifice. Our military men and women who deployed away from their families. Kids not having their dad and mom or the parents. And their soldiers sacrificed their own kids to war. That's a sacrifice. And some of y'all have done each and one of those. At least one of those one way or another. For food. For your kids. Your parents. If you were in certain military, you serve, sacrifice this country. I bet God would disagree that those sacrifices are important. Sacrifice is, is real, and it, but it's necessary. To do God's will, to be obedient to the Lord, it takes sacrifice. I'm not saying that, that the Bible tells us uh, that justice and judgment is more acceptable than sacrifice. I don't want you to be confused. I want you to tell you that, that, that being justice and doing the right thing is the sacrifice, and then and making in the right determination of judgment is the right sacrifice. That's where the sacrifice is a level above than the physical, in my mind. That's in my mind. If you go back to 1 Kings 15, it says, And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. The widows of fair sacrificed her last handful of meal and a little oil of cruise. That sacrifice. The little she had, that sacrifice. Because as a whole, she had many of those vessels, right? But there was only one filled up. So whatever she had in that little one, or that one, that sacrifice. If she had a lot in each one of those, that's a surplus. She didn't have that. She had a little of both in one. I'm not trying to diminish the sacrifice, but sometimes we give our last $10 in the offering plate and think that's a sacrifice. I'm not trying to be mean. I just want us to think about when we give those last dollars and we have a $20 bill, is that really sacrifice? Or we have, we don't decide not to go soul winning because we're tired, uh, because we just don't want to. I'm not trying to be mean, but I want to be honest. I want you to think about how the Lord's thinking about us. Why aren't you going soul winning? Why aren't you giving your tithe? The outward observance from others, I believe, is more important to be seen for some people than, uh, of giving those $10 is more than sacrifice than the last $10 going to God that told us. If God's telling you to give the last $10, that's the sacrifice. If God's telling you to give you that $20, last, $20 that's the sacrifice. But if you give that 20 and God's telling you to do, do the 10 to me that's the outward appearance of trying to be sacrificing. That's for people-pleasing rather than God-pleasing. There is justice, 
there's where justice and judgment are more important than sacrifice. Early one morning, just down the street, this is a, uh, a long story, but I, I, it was a good one, so I just figured I'd, I'd like to read it. Uh, this is about uh, Stephen Foreman and his family. I don't know if it's kind of, it's a newer, uh, a newer story. So early one morning, just down the street from the local mosque, gunshots shattered the silence. A young American missionary lay dead. Stephen Foreman was murdered by Al-Qaeda extremists. When God called Emily and Stephanie Foreman to bring the hope to the gospel of the gospel to a Muslim nation, Christianity was illegal. They knew they were being called to the life of sacrifice. We died before we came here was their common refrain. We died before we came here. Emily was left with four children and an underlying and undying calling to reach the Muslim world. Even after her husband's murder, Stephen's death was not the beginning, nor was it the end. He did not die in vain, compelled by God's love for Muslims, and inspired by her late husband's willing sacrifice. Emily and her family continued continued to work in North America and strive to mobilize Christians across North America to see Muslims through a lens of faith. One of the most profound aspects of our return was the deep need our friends had had to see us and to our and to offer their condolences. Mind you, these are Muslim people that are are, are condole are giving their condolences to a Christian family. They were battling their own emotions and heart attack and heartache, sorry, and, and longed to be there for us. And I deeply longed to be with them as well. The next morning, I started returning phone calls. Our first stop would be to, to our friends, Amir and Jamelia. They ran out to greet us. Amir embraced each of us, the children he embraced for a long time. Jamelia wrapped her arms around me, sobbing. We both nearly fell to the ground. During this visit, Amir recounted his experience in the rain the night uh, Stephen was killed. My brother has gone to be with the Lord, but we must carry on his legacy, he said fervently. Just for those two there, he sacrificed his life so they could know Christ. That sacrifice. He paused and he looked at me with a calmness and boldness I had never seen before. As you know, he continued, I have always dealt with fear, not only for my own family, but the lives of my wife and children. But I tell you, the fear is gone. Did you know that Stephen had come to see me only days before his death and sat right here in his room? He was very sick with fever, but he had an unusual sense of joy in his voice when he told me. Amir's voice cracked. Said Amir, I don't know how the number of day, my days I could die today. Whether I die by illness or at the hands of extremists, life is too short. We must obey God while we still have breath in our bodies before we no longer have a chance. And visit after visit with the Muslims and believers alike, many tears were shed as they shared stories of things Stephen had said or done. Over and over, I was amazed at the amount of emotions being expressed by the Muslims' friends. This is a country that hates Christians. Yeah. I, I, I was there in, in, in one of those countries. I talked to, I dealt with the uh, Afghan army in, in the command team. I had a the commander, a battalion commander asked me, what do you think about Jesus? And I told him that God, Jesus was son of God. He died for our sins. And he asked me, what do you think about uh, Israel? I said, they're God's chosen people, and he will protect them as long as uh, they're, they're still on this earth. We're still on this earth. And he goes, and he told one thing. He said, I just want to push them into the sea. That's the hatred they have for, for, for the Jews. Yeah. So think about this. This is a Muslim country, 
It's what he is saying that uh, that they're talking to Muslims about Christ. I sometimes it just fathoms me how how big the hate is. Keep reading on. As many locals whom I don't know found my number to call to offer their condolences. Your husband was a great man of God. They would say, I have never met a Muslim who was as great a man as him. Amongst his own people, I never met a Muslim as great as him. A wealthy businessman told me our country has lost a great man, a Christian. That's sacrifice. That is sacrifice. Our one government official came to pay me a visit. After I served him a cup of tea, he looked at me with anger in his eyes and said, How can your family forgive those men who killed your husband? They are not Muslims. They are dogs who deserve to die. I was touched by his emotion for our family, and I had the opportunity to explain that we follow Jesus. And Jesus teaches us to love one our enemies and bless those who persecute us. The, the government official was speechless. Some enemy p- people don't, couldn't understand this, but how can you forgive them? Why would you forgive them? How can you even return to the country that took your husband's life? Forgiveness seemed to be a very foreign concept to them, and it is. It really is a foreign concept to them. They were genuinely astonished and confused. Siva's death had a profound impact on these people. And our family's display of forgiveness is still talked about to this day. That sacrifice, going back, no matter knowing the people, the same people that killed your husband, and they still love them. They had a heart, that sacrifice. We were surprised to discover that there was a rumor uh, that Stephen had decided the Muslim testimony of faith to become a Muslim just before he was shot. My first reaction was disdain, but then I realized that this was how many of Stephen's dearest Muslims' friends were coping with his death. In other words, he said it to make them feel like he was going to their heaven. He did it for them, if if you may much understand. They wanted to think that Stephen had accepted what they believed to be the truth before he died. They could not bear the thought of Stephen going to hell. I was deeply touched, and on, my, my, on many occasions I took the opportunity to set the story straight and explain to, the, to follow Jesus Christ, the only way to God, meant that Stephen never had a doubt that he would be absent from the body, was to be present with the Lord. That's the testimony of sacrifice. Preparing to leave after our two-week visit was surreal. It didn't feel right that we were only visiting. It still felt like our home. As the tears fell, I felt the Lord speak to my heart once again, and the work is not done. I will continue to use water to, use to water the seed. Pain and peace were in harmony. I will never understand how suffering and joy can coexist so beautifully. That's sacrifice when you have pain. And he had peace. That's sacrifice. It often, oh, it's often been asked, how is it that, that it was your family was suffer, who suffered most in this tragedy yet continue to come back? The answer is easy, she said. I don't know the men who killed my husband. I tell them, but I don't know you, and I know the people of this beloved country, and I love you, and more importantly, I serve a God who loves you passionately. Yes. That's sacrifice. Yes, we will never get over the tragedy we face. Stephen's death has left a lasting void in our hearts. The loss of a loved one is like an amputation. You will heal and you will learn to function and move on, but you will always have that void. I've experienced pain, but I have experienced healing. I've observed the same gentle healing in my kids' hearts. They miss their dad terribly, yet they are proud of him. They are proud to be his. As God's children, we should be, we should be proud of our dad. Our Heavenly Father. We should be willing to tell others about Christ. We should be willing to do what He asks us to do. 
Each of them has been through their own unique struggle in the healing process. But God has been faithful. We have experienced loss, but we are rich. As Jesus says in Mark 10, 29. Oh, I forgot the market. I'm sorry. But I'll just keep reading. No one has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me as the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much as in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children, and fields, along with persecution, and the age is to come eternal life. Stephen and family foreman's kids were proud to be Stephen's dad. I would have been proud to be Stephen, or brother, or uncle, or whatever. I mean, that's just, that sacrifice. He gave his life, but we should, like I said, we should be more proud of, of our Heavenly Father. We have many brothers and sisters and families and children that God has given us for our inheritance in North America, or North, I'm sorry, North Africa. God seems to be increasing my inheritance in the, in the U.S. as well. He continues to deepen my love for uh, Muslims. Living and sharing life with Muslims for so many years in North Africa made it easy for me to connect with Muslims here in America. I've spent much time enjoying deep friendships with Muslims, immigrants, and refugees that transcend cultural and religious differences. My burden for them deepened as I witnessed the struggles they face trying to adapt to our culture and the way of life. Having one been the guest in a home, host country, I can emphasize with my dear Muslims who are friends who come here in the U.S. as foreigners needing to learn a language and how to survive in a culture and way of life completely foreign to them. However, the difference between my experience as a foreigner and theirs is that we were the foreigners in their land. They, be, they welcomed us with open arms. That's sacrifice. Even, even uh, non-safe people can sacrifice. They understood that we were different in many ways, but most were excited to get to know us and to share their culture with us. Unfortunately, it isn't so far it isn't so for the majority of Muslims, immigrants, who come to America instead of the hospitality so many find that Americans are afraid and suspicious of them. I mean, I've been there. I, I, I see what they say. They, they kind of are timid. I, I understand that. And doesn't make it right. They, have the, they should have that same opportunity to get saved just like everybody else. As I finish up here, as I ponder the struggle between faith and fear, I'm drawn back to, me, to a message that Stephen gave at the gathering in the U.S. only a few days before returning to North Africa, given his life uh, only months before. He said, when Jace, uh, James Calvert went out to <clears throat> missionary to the cannibals of the Fiji Islands, the ship contained, Captain tried to turn him back, saying, you'll lose your life and lives of those who are with you if you go among these savages. To that, Calvert replied, we died before we came here. That's my question for us again tonight. Are you dead yet? Dead to yourself, dead to your desire, dead to fear as we live in Christ. We desire, uh, it, my desire is that we, when people see your life, when they see my life, will they see Christ and Christ alone. Do those live our lives as they weren't, weren't our way, own lives, that truly be strangers in the world, to be, to be aliens in the world, our citizen, citizenship is in heaven. That's one of the last things uh, Stephen Foreman said. We died before we came here. Even, Peter, even Matthew said that in 2035. Peter said, though I die, should die with thee, he didn't do that. It's easier said than done to sacrifice your life or sacrifice your time. It's easy. Stephen Henry added, or Stephen Henry Taylor added him, I don't know, yeah, okay, A.J. Judson, and many others sacrificed for many years in the place of God's calling, and that sacrifice was not in vain. 
Again, Proverbs 21.3 says, To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. I think to do the right thing or be righteous and discern good from evil, that sacrifice follows. Who are we, who are we going to inspire to, to be righteous and teach about good and evil so they can sacrifice for God? I'll read the last verse of that, uh, that article. It says, Stephen lived those words and died in those words and lives in those words again. Although the, Lord, the loss of Stephen is one that will never lose, leave us and has changed us completely, we hold on to the promise that God is glorified and that, and that lives are being eternally changed because Stephen died for he, uh, before he stepped off that plane in the desert. And we have continually answered that question that Stephen wrote shortly before his death. Do we sometimes, do we have something worth dying for, living for, or moving for? Christ is worth all that. Amen. And it takes a sacrifice. It's not just a physical sacrifice, it's an emotional sacrifice, and it's many other things. We should be willing to sacrifice because we don't spend a lot of time in Christ sacrificing. There is always more we can do. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father,